0: Yes, we are back. The Mission Motorsport podcast had a short break whilst we focused on essential charity work, which, let's face it, takes priority. We've been busy delivering PPE to ambulance stations, working with Mazda and Jaguar Land Rover to supply REACT with vehicles around the UK. We've been working with 27races.com to provide much needed online community building via online racing. We've had beneficiaries racing online alongside professional Formula E drivers in the Formula E Online Race at Home Challenge in support of UNICEF. We've been busy planning for a race of remembrance, we've been working with the Office of Veterans Affairs to help shape the future narrative of the veteran community, but most importantly we've been busy supporting our beneficiary audience and their families through these extremely testing times. You'll notice my microphone on this podcast is a bit pants. That's because I forgot how to podcast after a few weeks off and failed to switch my posh microphone on. So I'm in glorious MacBook microphone settings for this one. Sorry. Also, bit of colourful language in this one, so if you do have sensitive ears, be warned. Our guest for episode 5 needs no introduction. It's Jason Fox. This is a 3-litre naturally aspirated straight six, and this is the Mission Motorsport Podcast. Thanks for, for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, you don't need much introduction to most people. Um, to, to me it already, we've been talking for five minutes before before this, and it's very much just as if naffy chat. It's it, it, you don't feel like you're you're talking to to someone who is let's face it, well known in the public figure now. Um, but you are. In a very short space of time, you've gone from being anybody else, you know, Joe Public, Anonymous, you know, uh, operating in the darkness to you're <laughs> properly up there now. Yes. How does it feel going from operator Jason Fox to I'm, I mean, are you going to be on the I'm a Celeb jungle next? No. Is that what we're talking <laughs> about?
1: Well, first, firstly, thanks for having me on, mate. Um, yeah, it's been a bit weird, I suppose. I mean, if if I'm honest, I don't feel any different. It's just I've just changed jobs. It's all part of the journey, but I suppose it is a bit odd that people are like, hey, "How's it going?" Yeah, <laughs> and like people are, you know, chatting to you in the street sometimes. So it's quite quite complimentary. It's quite a weird thing, but I think. You know, the good thing about it, look, you know, most people in the military are quite adaptable, aren't they? So as long as 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 long as you can get your head around it happening
0: mm.
1: and you're OK with that, then it's all right. I I genuinely don't feel any different.
0: Really? Do you not? Because you must get, like you said, people come up to you in the street. Oh, fuck you. Do you, do you not feel like your personal space or your privacy has been invaded a bit or do you just kind of let it wash over you?
1: uh i can't yeah i can do but then i've got a i've got to suck that up Mm -hmm. it is sort of part of what happens and if i don't want that then i've got to basically think of ways of mitigating against it happening like don't go out or you know (laughs) i I suppose the one thing that's changed the most is just going in going to a pub and just just you know I love going to a pub on my own and just disappearing into somewhere into a corner and just sort of like having some me time over a pint and maybe catching up with some messages and stuff like that on the phone. But I've noticed that that has been a luxury that is sometimes it's not there dependent on where, where I go. You know, if it's, if it's a busy boozer, one that i used to go to years ago probably won't wouldn't be able to do it without getting you know a few people come and want to talk yeah i don't i don't mean that in a big-headed sort of way it's just it is what it is you know um well, it, you're only human yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and you're not exactly, exactly yeah. inconspicuous are you because you're not a small bloke
1: i'm not as big as some people think you've got to remember that the rest of the blokes on that tv show are tiny <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm j- um, joking.
0: You're not. <laughs> <laughs> There's um. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna broach this one very gently. Um. There is a clip of you going around the internet at the moment, and unless you've been living under a rock, um. I'll be amazed if you failed to see, failed to have seen it. There's a moment when is it Jay Jay Morton?
1: Yeah, Jay. Yeah.
0: And he says something along the lines of. Not everyone in the teams is perfect. Uh, we work, you know, I've worked with some right ends, And there's a look that you give to Jay, yeah. a proper side eye.
1: Yeah. Do you recall what I'm talking about? I did because I, I actually made that clip up and put it on the internet. It was, <laughs> <laughs> did you? I chucked, I chucked it out there.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, Tell just, me about that. Come on. So, so, so me, uh, because it's funny so i like I like um I like mixing it up on my social media so if there's something funny that either I've been involved with or someone else I'll chuck i'll I'll put it out there yeah. I'm sure I'm sure other people have ripped it as well and done it mm. and it would have been done anyway but I because I knew it was coming yeah. I got the, I got this like tech genius who knows how to rip stuff because I don't because I'm solid <laughs> but I've got this check check tech dude and he he's actually sort of like helped me with social media and that and he um he ripped it and was like, "Yeah, get this, do this." And he actually then did it with a bit with a side eye that Ricky Gervais does in the office. So there's the one. So we did a couple. So I, yeah, I'm always playing around with that stuff. So that's quite... not a gen clip. That's not a. No, it is a gen clip. It is a. It, I do remember it. And I remember when it happened when we were filming. Yeah. But did you he... give him the side eye when he said it? Yeah, because yeah. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> it was it was it was more of a look of. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, mate. You know, we all, you know, we can all. Any anyone that had been in the military could have given that side eye.
0: Uh, you just mentioned a social media uh, guru. Do you have someone who manages your social media?
1: Not so much manages, because I I do it myself because I like to. I mean, I mean, if if for instance he's like, mate, remember you need to get that post out. I'll be like, oh, mate, I'm I'm either you know I'm driving or or I'm in the middle of saying, and then he'll, he'll do it. Yeah. But I don't, I I, I genuinely still want people to know that it's me mm. doing stuff. But, um, yeah, he, he's like the, cause I may, if I'm honest, it does my head in, but he's like, he's there to sort of, he's like, right, you gotta get, you gotta get something out. You gotta get, cause it is, it's quite an important tool. It's a dod. It's a dangerous one. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a, it's a double edged weapon. <laughs> You've got to, be careful. So it's, I'm, I'm, I chat with him probably on a daily basis. If I'm honest, this really? guy. Yeah. Cause it's just to make sure that things aren't too just to keep me motivated. Actually, he's, he's more there to motivate me and push me to do it because it yeah. is, it is something that's quite important,
0: which is your preferred uh, platform.
1: Instagram It's like. friendlier. It seems to, it seems to be, it's quite visual. It's mm. more about it's more about the it's more about the pictures. A bit like crayons, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I know. Normally, I eat them. <laughs> in an ex boot <laughs> Didn't have to say anything. Well, no, yeah, bro. Yeah. What, do you use Twitter? You use Twitter as well, don't you? Yeah, I find that one a bit more. It's it's aggressive. Twitter, it's spiky, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. it's you go it's, in there
1: with your guard up. You do. There's certain some things I wouldn't post on Twitter, you know, it's just, there's, there's not very nice people out there.
0: Well, do you you know what? I think, I think if you met those people face to face, you wouldn't have the same kind of comments or reaction that you do in, on, on Twitter. Mm. Uh, There is something vitriolic about Twitter that it brings out, uh, you know, the worst in some people.
1: Mm. Um,
0: And they automatically assume that you're, you're going out, you know, aggressively. Yeah. And so I've I've muted so many people who just
1: constantly push out negativity. So I don't fucking need it. No, no. It's 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 very political as well. You, yeah. you could you could put something out that's really resonates softly with people gets missing the problem as well is it can be misinterpreted in a million different ways yeah. and then it becomes and then there's the, the trolls and the evilness comes rising to the surface and yeah. I don't I I don't mute things because I want people to be seen for who they are and if they're a negative person well, a negative person I just try I just don't I just ignore it
0: yeah, well,
1: it's, it's, it's difficult I know I get I can I Sometimes I get angry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you chunter away at your phone.
1: <laughs> uh, a chunt in my head, yeah. Yeah,
0: fair enough. Um, talking about your head then, how's that, how, when did you get out, was it 13, 14? 12. Was it 12? Okay, you got wilder. So yeah. you properly adjusted as best as you can to to civility, I suppose. Do you, uh, yeah, how did you find I'm going to say how have you found the last two or three years because obviously the first few years are going to be really difficult in the whole transition phase it's like who am i you know the whole identity thing um but the last couple of years where you've you've had you know regular work you whether you expected it or not you found uh, you know your second career a niche you're a likable human being on a lens you know the housewife's favorite etc but you're actually the your you can warm to your personality really quickly so i'm guessing that tv was never the thing that you thought you were going to go into so how how's the last couple of years been as you gone right this is what i'm this is what i'm going to do now
1: um yeah it's, i mean it's been good the last couple of years have been really good at, you know there's been a lot of good uh, apart from the obvious covid crisis which is yeah. was which was a curveball from hell yeah yeah but, um, it's been, I found my feet, you know, it was odd in the beginning. I, you know, I didn't leave the forces with a, this determination to go into TV. It was a complete and utter, I mean, that was another curveball, but not from hell. It was a, a, a welcome one, but it was, you know, I think I felt a bit clunky to beginning, you know, trying to feel my way and work out what it was like. It's not obviously my it's not everything I do either. There's a few other bits and pieces and I'm very aware that this is a life career. You know, there's only so much of it you can do and, you know, and then you, then it's done and you've got to find something else, but I'm trying to strike while the iron's hot, I suppose, and, yeah, and it, enjoy it and, and do as much of it as I can. Cause I do really enjoy it. I enjoy, I don't know whether it's, I do, do you know what? I enjoy talking to a cameraman. Do you? Yeah. I don't I. I don't know what it is. It's like I, I try and see him or her and that camera as a group of people that I want to share an experience with. Mm. And so when I'm going doing things, yeah, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't know what it is. I do enjoy it, though. Do you think it has... Do you ever
0: think about the effect that you're having on your audience about, because some of the things you've talked about have been pretty open and pretty honest. Do you ever think about the effect that it and the positive, because I can't really, there's not much that you've ever said is going to have a negative effect, but only positives. And do you ever consider, actually might help someone to do?
1: I'm aware now because there's been feedback. Mm. I don't, I didn't, I think in the beginning, when that, you know, that first series went out and I I openly, it was me talking about why I left. Yeah. I had already set up an organisation called Rock to Recovery with Jamie Sanderson. Yeah. And it was, it was massively in its infancy. And we were trying to get the people that were going through similar situations as to what we'd been through to talk Yeah, and I'd given a couple of talks to to very small groups of people, and I found I benefited from it, and they they were listening to our advice, which is a good thing. And then I was like that. One of the main reasons I did that show really was to use it as a platform for mental health, and because it, you know, it was it was key in my journey to becoming a new me as well. That TV show, so I was wanted to be honest about it and. The guy that interviewed me so way back in, I think it was late May, early June, 2015, when I was doing that interview, he didn't know, and he was like, "Ah, why? What was what was the reasons for you leaving the military?" And I was like, "Ah, I just went. All right, I thought I, I thought about it for about a minute. I would I didn't say anything, and then I was like, right, I was I spent X amount of time, blah blah blah." And I was discharged for PTSD, mental health issues. I was told I had dep- mild depression, chronic burnout, and I needed to leave. And I said, that was a bit of a pill to swallow. And then I knew that that was going to be then part of this platform and or part of the platform that is the show. And I was like, okay, I think this is going to be a good thing because hopefully it will encourage people to also talk. Cause it's what made me feel good about what well, made me feel better and find out how i needed to move going forward Mm. and then the day that that it was the second episode but the day that that episode was going out it was going out at nine o'clock that night i was a (laughs) fucking nightmare to be with i was i was sort of like bit bit miserable bit moody quite short with people um and i didn't know why and then i suddenly realized i was really really apprehensive and anxious about this going out onto tv and i was like oh fucking where's this what's going to happen here and then it was all right and actually when it did go out it was the final lifting of weight from my shoulders because i suddenly realized i don't need to put up a front anymore that everyone expects there to be i'm now uh, my dirty washing is aired, and i've you know if you like me great if you don't Fine, it doesn't matter to me, but I didn't. I didn't have to worry about that. That sort of the the, the facade, the front. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know well, saying? I can tell you for for one, that scent. Um, when I watched that episode, um, and my phone lit up as people going, "Holy shit! Have you just seen what that fucking XSF dude has just said on TV?" And there's a group of us from um the HCR, so my old regiment. Um, and I, and, and to be fair, God, we're not SF, we're not Paris or anything like that, but we were fucking active for 15 years. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and certainly the last tour that I was on was a BRF tour, um, on Herak mm-hmm. 11, and it was punchy. Um, yeah. and there were quite a few of us that were, we were quietly struggling, um, mm-hmm. but just talking to each other was fine. And then suddenly it was like, holy shit, you know, that fucking, that bloke on TV's just said this. Um, and it was one of the catalysts that um, that made me go and see the doctor because because let's face it, if an SF bloke says it's all right, it it validates it for everybody else because you know what it's like when you're a bootneck and you're looking up to the you know the operators, you kind of you know you hero worship these guys,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so when someone from that level says it, a fair play because that t- that takes a lot of balls. But also, um, yeah, thanks, because it's not just me and it's not just loads of others. Um, And it was a pretty selfless thing to do. So as a personal, you know, thanks. James Cameron has just joined us. James, how are you?
2: (laughs) Ha, late, but otherwise here. Where have you (laughs) been? Yeah, really good. And, um, uh, well, James, I think you just absolutely echoed um, kind of how I felt about it at the time as well, actually. Um, Foxy, in the first time we met, uh, I think we also had the advantage of um, I was quite pissed and uh, and just went no, thank you very much for what you did and it, yeah. i think it personally meant, meant well actually at the time I thought this is really good it's really great and it's great for for other people and my lads and particularly the ones that I'd seen who who were struggling in it but um but I think actually it was bigger than that it was really good for me as well um and uh yeah well it was sort of you know the PTSD club we, we've we've got We've got yeah. T-shirts for it dotted about all all over the place, um, and it's uh, it. Your honesty, I think, uh, enabled a lot of other people to think that we we can now pro- have proper conversations like this about it, which mm. previously, to be honest, you you just kind of couldn't. Um, yeah. Are you ever worried that it kind of gets a bit out of hand, though? And that there's there's a bit of bandwagon stuff going on. And, you know, yeah, everyone's got the PTSDs. So I caught it off him, you know, it was, so, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, no. to, to be honest, I yeah, I do. I, I sit down with mates sometimes and I'm like, look, I know that it was I wanted to start that conversation and I wanted people to know because of my experience of what helped me was to talk initially. Um, and that it's okay to put your hand up and say, you know, at the moment I'm not feeling great, but I was like, am I, am I giving people a get out of jail free card here? That's what and I was because I've seen it before and you're like, hang on a minute. So uh, like my narrative hasn't changed, it's developed and I'm also, along with that message, I'm also like that. However, you have got to dig deep and find grit and determination in you to to get through this. You're not you, just by saying it and expecting everyone to bend over backwards for you is not gonna get you out of a hole. The only person getting you out of that hole is you and, and, and life's not easy. So don't think that the rest after after saying, Oh, I can't do that and I can't do this and the reason I behave badly is because I've got PTSD. There's still no excuse for any of that. You've no. got to you know, you've got to still take life, you know, okay. You might need some time out and, and and yes, let's get that done. But then start looking for that that route to a better you and, and don't keep using it as a, a tool to blame your bad either bad behaviour, bad actions. Yes, that does that it does go hand in hand, you know. People do go off the rails and sometimes it's quite sad to watch. But when it keeps happening, you're like, does that person really want to fix themselves? Or are they just bad people that are using it as an excuse? You know it's, it's it's very difficult to, to gauge and it's very individual as well it's, again it again it also does come down to the people engaging with them you know there's got to be some yeah. compassion and empathy but it, you know it, it, it is it's a minefield in it and and it's yeah it's it's, yeah. it's
2: really frustrating sometimes for us because we'll use some um, stuff that's, that's that's either not really expensive because we but but a lot of time and effort and thought and trust goes into something, um, and you'll you'll get let down, and they um, because people will behave badly,
1: um, mm.
2: you know, um, uh, with, within that sort of charitable charitable piece, and it's it's very difficult on a personal level not to feel kind of affronted because you almost feel like you've been taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, or you just feel quite bitter towards that individual because you, like, your part of it was really small. You just had to play your bit in order to mm. unlock great things. Why, why could not you do it? But it's, it's going back to have that recollection and thinking about, well, actually, perhaps it's perhaps it's, it's because everything's become become a bit too difficult for them and, and, and it's a, and it, it's symptomatic of other issues. But there is a bit of ego. Um, uh, all right recognize you're having a bad time, um, mm. but, but come on, the, you, you can't sit there feeling bad about yourself forever. You've got to take responsibility for your own actions and, and, and you know, get up and be positive. And, mm. and that's kind of where we push.
0: We talked about it before, or at least i talked at you whilst you've listened with painful ears um, about that type of stuff. And I talk about, you know, my cup of compassion being almost constantly empty on Sundays. Um, but it's also having that... Uh, that emotional intelligence to just to, to look on, on look at it from a different angle. Uh, mm. You don't actually know their backstory. And yes, whilst they might be coming across as a massive bellend, there is a period of your life not so long ago when you were behaving in a very similar way and you couldn't mm. see it. Um, and so that kind of resets me. But I absolutely echo what you were saying, Foxy, as well, is um, that, yes, it's it is a minefield. Um, and, uh, but I would never look at it from your point of view and go, have I opened the doors to this? No, because let's face it, if you're going to get a screamer, you're going to get a screamer, and they exist regardless.
1: <laughs> I do yeah. love that word. <laughs> screamer.
0: It's I'm a sorry, great I word. are well. <laughs> uh, you I mean, recording this from your end? Uh, no, but I can't I do it. Just well. record, because as we know, Tom's probably sapping your
2: bandwidth on Fortnite or something. <laughs> yeah, he <he'll- laughs> um yeah Um, yeah, no well we um uh we talk about and and particularly post-traumatic is always followed by the word stress disorder and um a, a couple of years ago i'd sort of come across a guy who was talking about something that was quite quite different and it really resonated with me which was um uh michael coates um and the declassified podcast series you know some of the first ones were guys like um uh uh Woody, Brian Wood sort of you know talking through kind of his story. Wise was on there as well, wasn't he? Yeah, David, David Wiseman really talking about his bit. And actually it was Wisey who being on there, who's you know, sort of mutual friend, an extraordinary bloke. Um uh and he uh he sort of kind of told his story about it and and that kind of helped So interestingly I'd sort of I'd read Wisey's book um, sometime before, and kind of knew the blow. Hellman to the Himalayas, absolutely amazing. You know, it, it, it's an incredible story. And I sort of read it, and I knew Wisey as well, but it actually kind of bugged me a little bit, because I kind of thought, um, that that's kind of not the whole story. It's kind of not all there. Mm. And when he went and did his declassified piece, it sort of dropped a chunk more into place for us. I think there's more story there to, to be told, <sighs> which he's now yeah. starting to talk about, which was... Was really good because I know that the the path afterwards has not been has been particularly straight for him, and it made me reflect as well on on some of my own stuff. So I kind of went and did the same thing. But the, this thing about post-traumatic growth really resonates with us, and it's I think it's it's just a more mature way of reflecting the fact that that the stuff that happens to you in your life that you're experienced by it is normal and human to be shaped by those experiences that you have and. And if we aren't, then that would be an inhuman response to it. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Do you think you're a better person
1: now, Fox, uh, having been through what you've been through? I would say, uh, I, I would say I'm a more rounded person who understands himself a lot better. I'd like to, I'd like to think I was a better person, but I don't want to be as arrogant to say that I am. But I think i'd like to think i'm definitely more aware and i I totally agree with you with the fact that i think ptsd is such a bad bad label and PT, you know post-traumatic growth is what people should be calling it because essentially you just become a a newer hopefully more rounded version of yourself going forward ptsd i think makes especially soldiers especially military personnel or ex-military personnel it makes them look backwards all the time They're constantly reflecting in a negative way. I mean, you see it all the time. And, uh, you know, uh, we're all human. We still do it sometimes. We'll think, ah, those days were the best. You know, they they didn't have it as hard as we did, blah, blah, blah. But there are a lot, there are a lot, yeah. There are (laughs) a a lot of guys and girls that I've seen over the years that spend a lot of time with so much memorabilia around them, getting pissed and, and don't get me wrong i've got um you know i've got my wall that's got stuff that i'm proud of and and people that i've worked with that i'm really lucky to have worked with but it you can overdo it and it need there needs to be a happy sprinkle a happy sprinkling of reflection but you've got there's got to be way way more about what's coming in the future and how you do, deal with that because the past the past it's done you ain't changing that shit.
2: that really resonates i mean when when uh, when the charity was kind of starting, you get to meet a lot of blokes, whiz guys, all the rest of it, who, who are on the program. And um, I, I started using it um, unconsciously at first, and then I realised how how revealing it was. Was by asking people who they were. So who are you? What do you do? And you'd meet these lads who would go, Yeah, hi, I'm uh, uh, I'm Lionel. I was uh, yeah, I was I was blown up in Iraq in in 2006. And this is like. 2013. I'm, like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not interested in what happened to you seven years ago. What What are you? What do you do? Who you are? And they they're almost kind of trapped and they're defined by that part of their life mm. thing which happened to them in the past. And I I kind of use Lionel as an example. One of our lads, you know, and you you'll um, <laughs> well you'll get to meet him because he's going to do some instruction with you, mate. So we'll uh, we'll go and get some stuff out. Just such a gifted driver. But you talk to him now. And he doesn't mention Iraq, and he doesn't mention the fact that he's missing a leg. He doesn't mention lots of things. He t- he'll he'll talk about family, and he'll talk about um, the car control stuff that he's doing. He's talking about you know online racing or whatever it is that he's engaged with now, because yeah. his his frame of reference and his sense of self is no longer harking back to the bad things which happened to him in the past. And he's got a reason to get out of bed in the morning. That's about now and what he contributes to to his his family. Yeah.
0: I've got an have got a friend who is uh, he he you know he works in the city but he's one of my most trusted friends um and so you know everyone's got someone in their life that they really really look up to and re- I, you know but re- respect on a friendship level but in terms of what they're capable of physically and cerebrally they they're properly up there mm. um and he said to me whilst I was um yeah, off work waiting, to, waiting for you know, my med board he said what you've got to do is look look forward and and understand he says basically i want to be able to in a year 18 months introduce you at a drinks party and and say hi this is james he's a project manager or he runs flight safety at ba or, or whatever what you don't want to do is is be that person where they go oh this is james he used to be in the army because yeah, it's yeah. only one chapter, it's only one portion of your life. Doesn't yeah. have to. I, I, it doesn't have to define you. It is a huge part of who you are. Mm. But right now, you know, who, James Cameron, CEO of Mission Impossible, Fuzzy Impossible Charity, Jason what? Fox, TV personality and Zedlish celebrity, you know,
1: <laughs> or oh, whatever he is. Mate, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even go that high up the. Oh, up are we the going case. into
0: decimals? You know, when you go to like the hashtag oh, yeah. and the slash.
1: I'm probably more of a backslash or a comma.
0: <laughs> well, we love you. We think you're great. Anyway, right, I'm going to move it on because we have got an itinerary. Um, Jim Land Rover and
2: what was to Team Rubicon and React.
1: Oh, ah, yeah.
2: yeah. You, you've actually said uh, we used one of our um, – so we help run – Jaguar and Rover's Armed Forces Engagement Scheme, and it's put over a thousand veterans into employment since the first Invictus Games back in 2014, which is which is fantastic.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, we were able to, so we, we knew that Team Rubicon, op- op- React as they are now, you know, the disaster response charity. Um, Sharpies and mate, and we knew that they had a uh, an evolving requirement that was going to do vehicles, so we sort of got in touch and said, can can we help? So. Um, but you've been one of the guys who's been out on the grounds, actually helping out with with some of those tasks. What's that been like?
1: It's been good. I it, I've been very low level. You know, there are there are veterans out there that have been getting proper hands dirty, helping that that op react as as it was called and is now their brand. Um, but it was yeah, it was awesome. It was great. I mean, I I pretty much when I went out, I was with Sharpie, who is a legend. Um, really? uh an awesome bloke <laughs> who used to actually be my brother's troop commander in mortars in the in the was marines it? yeah uh, well so, um, as
2: a mortar mortar
1: platoon commander you can just yeah. see it can't you? <laughs> there, there you go it explains an awful lot doesn't it <laughs> i tell you what else explains a lot is the fact that i've got a brother that was a warman for 22 years he's only just left as well but yeah he's 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 lacking in brain cells, to say, to say the least. <laughs> I'm joking, Matt. Joking. <laughs> What's he gone on to do? He's a he's a tree surgeon now. He's actually he lives down he lives on the edge of Dartmoor, a place called South Zeal with a Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's actually working for a company that are contracted into Network Rail. So he's obviously he's been working. So he's having a great time.
2: Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Oh, yeah. um, Jimmy, sorry, I just hijacked that. Carry
1: That's on. That's right. No, no.
2: It's absolutely fine. I mean, one of the good bits about it as well though, is just being out, isn't it? I think there was an early point in lockdown where I think uh, some people are only just beginning to get to do that now. But, but for me, because I, I I went and did a couple of bits and pieces, um, nothing of that sort of duration. I mean, like you, we have we have beneficiaries who were out there for some weeks doing things like mortuary duty and stuff like that. I had to take little breathers from it and then kind of go back in. Mm. Um, but the joy of it was for them was being back in a uh, in an environment surrounded by um, fellow veterans mm. of all different yeah. sizes, beside like. each other. Yes,
1: yeah, that like 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 mindedness is is something some people miss. But I mean, going back to our experience, you know, there was a few mortuary tasks that cropped up, but we were sort of going around doing the, like package food parcels to the NHS staff in the hospitals around London. We were doing some stuff, working some care homes down in the Southeast, like cleaning rooms and like real, real low level. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, it was me, Sharpie, and guy called Aldo Kane, who's a very, very good friend of mine, ex-Bootneck. And, um, we like, we were deep cleaning old folks rooms. It's not nice me we had such a laugh we had such it was hilarious it was like it was like being back in basic training
0: so minus. you were licking the crap off the floors <laughs> were
1: you well that's sharpie the ex mortar platoon boss <laughs> mortar troop boss <laughs> fair enough did it one a, of those uh, where it just turns into an outgrosing each other <laughs> <laughs> it didn't so much that it was more, more me and aldo beast in Sharpie because he's an officer and he's never cleaned anything in his life because he's normally got a Batman to do it for him. But anyway.
0: <laughs> sounds, uh, sounds familiar.
2: <laughs> that, that happens lots <laughs> of <awesome. laughs> <laughs> Someone's been building his shed recently, hasn't he? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, well, actually, Griff's been help-
0: helping. Well, it. you've been sticking it all over Twitter and then, you know, selfies with, with, a, with a hammer in your hand. Absolutely. what was it? I've I've hammer down. it? Hammer down, brew up, and it's like, fucking
2: get on with it.
1: I quite like I quite like your Twitter account actually, James.
2: <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm glad. I mean it's it's bullshit. Clearly it's bullshit because it's 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 a it's a computer game, isn't it? So I, I'm playing some avatar which looks a bit like me but does cool stuff and you don't show all the crap. But I kind of fell a bit into that. I think it was last year and I was having a I was just having a particularly shit day and I had a couple of particularly shit days in a row. I was right on my ass and and somebody had posted oh I'd love your job. You've just got the best job in the world. And I was properly cross I was like, <laughs> you, you tried doing this. It's funny shit. I've been up all night with doing whatever you know it was just rubbish, and then i'm I'm like, oh no, you you want that job the the job that it looks like I've got on social media, and I'm like, when well,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, well, i I want that job too. that, yeah. that, <laughs> that, that looks a bit kind of. Age. So, it's obviously bollocks, but it has been quite funny. The, the whole the Shed business has been all right, but, but Griff's been amazing. But uh, I must admit, the, the person who's done the most work on that, I think, is Holly, my nine year old. That's is, true. I tell amazing. you what, so uh, is she nine? I thought she's eight. Um, yep.
0: Holly, if you ever, you know, come the zombie apocalypse, you want Holly on your team as a sandbag filler, because she grafts. She grafted <laughs> more in a few hours than I saw some blokes, uh, you know, during the whole tour. She's yeah. a she's a proper
2: grafter. No, it's, oh, it's in, awesome. in the tank crew, which is my household. She'd be a loader. She's she's the one out doing the track plan at the back and then getting the bruise on. She's, she's <laughs> fucking good. hated track plan. Oh <laughs> go out and do the track plan. How the fuck am I supposed to make half of
0: Salisbury Plain look like I haven't just driven into a wood or turned <laughs> the turf over? That's not gonna fucking hide it. We might as well just yeah, tell uh, you ranting it's now what now, rant. the is like a mission <laughs> is you know just shut up and get it done. <laughs> You, know. <laughs> you only employ me through sympathy, anyway. Right? Race remembrance. Talk about race remembrance.
2: Well, um, don't don't have to
0: Can uh, you
2: talk about. This? Oh no, absolutely. We
1: probably let's can't. let's talk about let's talk about. How, are you, why, ang- why are you asking fucking questions? You're because, against it. I know, but I thought I'd, I'd like it. Went, there was silence, so I thought I'd it. But <laughs> <laughs> at, are you angles. Uh, no, no, not at all. I'm, i enjoy, i enjoy it but the Anglesey looks an amazing place to do it but then like james said earlier it's it it is just constantly pissing down
2: it is honestly it's the most stupid place and the most stupid weekend <laughs> to run a race um
1: but who, who who actually decided to to build a racetrack in anglesey no you
2: know, well it is the way these things always happen it was a bit of old mod real estate so ah. It's very close to Valley, but wasn't part of Valley. I think it was a missile launch site or a radar for a missile launch site. So basically, lots of flat concrete pans standing on the cliffs, but with a dirty great view over the Irish Sea, looking across the top of Ireland towards towards the Atlantic. Um, so it is on a godforsaken, weather beaten bit of ground. You know, I mean, all of the sheep have got shorter legs on one side than the other. There um there aren't any good looking ones i'm, I'm a yorkshireman and i've checked and, uh,
1: <laughs> and
2: it's, uh it's uh we got given a weekend there by uh, a guy who was the the circuit manager at the time and we managed to butter him up i think we got him slightly drunk at the the auto sport showing um uh, which is run every january at the nec in birmingham and he said look we'll we'll find a weekend towards the end of the year and you guys can use it for whatever you you want and we sort of thought this is great you know what a great idea let's uh, uh let's do a track day or a bit of track instruction or something like that and uh, a guy who was volunteering for us um who flew um helicopters so he's army air corps um uh, flew on the <laughs> the interesting flight supporting different bits and pieces in, he's now flying Carnarvon air ambulance he's a mega bloke so he now flies the 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 air ambulance that has to dodge snowden in side wings and things like that to peel people in shorts off and snow and things like that. um and uh and he went no let's run a race and it was just the ridiculous idea it's a stupid idea for it felt like Guernsey launching a space program you know we're, we're, <laughs> we're a little service charity that's running recovery sport
1: and to run a, I'm, I'm gonna use that analogy that's awesome <laughs> yeah
2: in turned from sniff petrol that's um that's almost <laughs> certainly richard porter that's a top ball line i think um but um uh, it it just kind of worked and it's got bigger and bigger and bigger every year so we've had some amazing people coming to do it um uh, it's a 12-hour endurance race so it runs into the dark on the saturday night so a lot of people are racing and if there's a novice sticker on the back of their car some of them are uh, some of our beneficiaries will put through it with the first time they've ever raced and they're getting in a car to go and race at Anglesey, despite weather and all the rest of it in the dark, in a mixed field that the front of it has got really fast Caterhams Lotuses, stuff like that and at the back of the field you've got C1s, of which are all prepared to exactly the same standards so little Citroens uh, you know, they're three cylinder engines and, and, but they corner like they're on rails these things, they're just to mm. And you'll have a load of those going around in a gaggle, having a massive fight with faster traffic picking their way through at the same time in the dark and all of the rest of it. Um, when you go and look at Anglesey, it is not Silverstone. It is not flat. It is not wide. It is perched on the cliffs. I mean, at one point, you just get the most jaw dropping of views. There's a lot of car photography by the big magazines gets done there because when it's good, and every race remembers it always is, there is a part of the weekend where it will just be jaw dropping. It'll be good. In- mm. And then there'll be some of the rest of the weekend where you were like, man was not meant to live on this place. Yeah. <laughs> it's tell us something. Um, but the really exciting news is because um, you've done a fair bit of driving in your military career. You've spent quite a bit of time behind the wheel, one thing or another. What, what have you done?
1: Um, obviously, you've done the standard stuff that you normally do, your bloody little bit of off-roading and then do a lot more of it and did a lot when we you know operations out away you know you said go and do your mobility which i did i enjoyed you know it gets to you get to do some driving that's pretty pretty insane but then i also did the um i suppose week at the time it was called the progressive driving course it was basically the old bill would come and take you to do the you know we did i think we did a week of driving in normal sort of like marks then we did a week of blue light driving and then we went on to do the sort of like refined stuff we we went up to um i think it's called brookfield there's a gm test proving ground up in north bedfordshire somewhere Um, millbrook sorry brookfield where's that come from yeah Yeah, yeah, millbrook the alpine
2: course there and the
1: high speed yes so we got to we we used all that again for a week and then i've done obviously the bodyguard course which involved (laughs) evasive driving and and all that sort of stuff which was great fun
2: and so yeah and you're going to take that a bit further do your race license and we're we're going to get you out on the grid um alongside mission motorsport characters uh for race of remembrance that's mega exciting
1: um it is mega. i'm i am like mega excited
2: jim what kind of talent has been to race remembrance before sophie burst uh line line cut oh right so, <laughs> yes yes people in the nicest um, possible way people so um there was a guy called chris hoy he came and did it with us chris 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 if he can will be back again it's because it tends to clash with i think it's the cycling world cup which is on at the same time where he he does commentary duties otherwise he's he's going to be back out but chris went on and i mean he's everybody knows apparently he can ride a bike but He's he's also done Le Mans. You know, he raced LMP2 at Le Mans. He's, he's done an awful
1: lot. I, I met him at Le Mans. Ah right, okay. Yeah. That's so cool. I went and we stayed at the same place because we were. I was a guest with Aston Martin, and then that was the one. It was yeah. so two years ago in 2018. He ran. He did the AM Pro, Pro AM, whatever. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and he's he's a really gifted driver. Um, Who else and, we have we had? Came along and threw it into him. We always end up with quite a lot of the touring car boys. Now, this year, of course, the touring car, um, uh, their normal season has, has just gone to ratchet completely. Mm-hmm. So uh, it doesn't clash with us, but it does overlap us. I think they've actually got final race of the season is the week after. Normally, we're the last thing in the year by some margin. But mm-hmm. I think that's the week after. But Tom Ingram was out doing it last time. You always have uh, have a bit of the likes of sort of Dan Welsh coming along and, and doing it. Um, but then the Frankitties, so Marino, who's, who's a long friend of mine through doing stuff with Evo, um, uh, and also uh, his his missus, you know, we've, we've known each other for a long time, which is fab. And then he brought his brother, who's done a bit of racing in the States, across. So bit that's he came across as well. And Dario, the interesting thing about him was he, he did. Um, uh, he was very badly injured through racing and it was a, uh, a horrific accident that then prevented him from doing racing for a long time. And he finally got the go ahead through doctors to go racing again last year. And uh, so he went out and something at the revival and then he came and raced alongside his brother um, and some other guys too uh, at ROR. And then you'll have people who just never done anything quite like that before and um, will make sort of composite teams up of of all of these these types. But we always try and mix things up as much as possible because I'm always kind of wary, particularly with the charity thing. So, if you've got a bunch of broken people, so if we go to Stanford Hall and say to Anne Segolini as a head of occupational therapy, you know, you've got a load of boys that you want to get out. Get, there's a danger of they turn up in a minibus, they go and do an activity, they get back on that minibus and they go back to Stanford Hall and they've not really interacted with anybody if you just keep them in a clump. So, we mixing in inspirational and fantastic people with different kind of life stories and different levels of experience into these sort of yeah. composite things. It's just really good because actually that's what it's about. The the, the race is just the excuse to make that, mm. that kind of recovery activity happen. But don't don't get me wrong, mate. It's so much fun. Um,
1: yeah. So
2: Do you know what I, I really... So last
0: year, what really struck me was the buzz of the garages. Yeah. It was mega. It was like the night before. It was like the night before you're 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 about to deploy you, you know and for for friday and saturday night in the garages was like when you're packing your kit you know you're doing kit checks and you you know before you go to bryce mm. and it was that buzz it was that excitement that something the next day was coming that was going to be mega and and everyone's in on it and that mm. that for me that was my favorite part of the weekend
1: yeah i, I see what you're saying because it's like when i had that opportunity to go to le mans as It was the build-up, and you could see the teams buzzing and getting everything ready. You know, the tyres were coming out, and you are like that. Oh, I, oh, oh, I, I want to be. I want to be. I want to be in part. I want to be in there. I want to be a part of that. I'm. I'll happily just make the tea and coffee, but I just want to be a part of it. It's well,
0: awesome. I couldn't wield the fucking spanner to save my life last year, so I was chief <laughs> windscreen cleaner and brewmaker, <laughs> and um,
2: you know, a very important job as far as I'm concerned it's it is just magic. everybody's kind of got their own role so they're all fizzing about kind of doing it and and then in the middle of it you've got a couple of elderly welsh gentlemen will kind of walk through the middle of it carrying a hammond organ in between them and everything stops and there's this remembrance service in the pit lane and then you lift them let's go racing again and that's it so you run through until the end all right so look i've got some questions for you because obviously we need to we need to figure out you know what what to stick you in so uh, if you have a personal preference, front wheel drive or rear wheel drive?
1: I, I'm a bit of a front wheel drive person. I'm easy either way, but I, I, I've, yeah, I've had a few, I've had a few things in rear wheel drive cars. <laughs> <I heard. laughs> Be, Beamer, Beamers and Mercs have bit me in the arse every now and again. Oh really?
2: Can you, can you talk us, Can you talk us through any of those? So look, hey, look, to make you feel better about it, Ben Saunders was talking about. Because uh, he was at Sandex when he had uh, when he had an accident. What was it? Bozo, it was a one hundred and six rally. Rally,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: And basically, flat packed it through a wall into a hedge, and then that wireless hit him, and he lost the will to live. With the military, and went and went for a long walk across the South Pole instead. Several times. What? what, what come on, then. Give us a BMW or a Mercedes story.
1: Um, Beam is at works. I've spun spun one of them. I've also had the. Um we had a BMW 3 Series Coupe at work back in the day. Far, uh, brakes set on fire. That was a worry because wow. it was on it was on Welsh country roads. It was actually the one
2: I was about to say. Were you
1: family's officer
2: at the time or something like that? You know, were you just taking the power brakes?
1: <laughs> no, that the one with the brakes catching fire was actually on the um, it was actually on that driving course for the police. So I had a copper copper next to me. It was West Mercia Police took us for it. Yes, and we were banging around Wales somewhere oh. on decent roads, and uh, we we'd been malleting the car, and we um, were coming into a coming into a tight sort of like down. It was a downhill run into a tight bend going left. A long,
2: and he, long break, and the yeah. just went long, and you did it.
1: It just, it mate, is you know when they feel spongy and it was nothing was happening, and the cop was like, "Go oh, on, then put the brakes on." I'm like, "Ah, oh, mate." <laughs> <laughs> And everyone was in the brace position. There was a couple of lads obviously in the back because you rotate through and I was like, what the... It was okay in the end, but I just had a... There was that. I've spun one. I've spun my Merc that I had a while ago because I, I blamed the white lines, but obviously it wasn't.
0: Damn <laughs> those white lines jumping out at me.
1: They're all, I always think that white lines screw rear-wheel driver. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Definitely not the driver
0: or
2: his right
1: touch. No, no. Mate, mate, it, never the driver.
2: What was a Mercedes? Well, look, um, and basically, so what was Mercedes?
1: class Coupe. Oh, uh,
0: Okay, well, at least you're not Paddy McGuinness and binned a Diablo yesterday, but never mind. Did he? Oh, yeah. So- he did. He's all right. He's posted on Instagram, so everyone knows he's all right. But, yeah, no, he spanned a day, uh, Diablo in the North Yorkshire Moors
2: yesterday. Was it his one? No. <laughs> so they've, they've been filming. They've been filming again. So oh, they- of course. Sorry three cars out so i think f40 xj220 and uh and the diablo and um, what what did you send me this morning james let let the bulls see the field
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. at least he spun the cheapest one oh,
2: yes. <laughs> yeah i suppose yeah I mean
1: yeah. what's
0: an f40 pushing a million xj220 500 grand
1: on the rest yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. so F- be a million.
2: One of the things we're, we're keen to do is um, what we start doing with all of our drivers is um, is trying to give them the seat skills so that they can they can figure out their own way out of problems. So um, uh, the actual arts process, to be perfectly honest, pass, passing an arts test in order to become a racing driver is not difficult. Um, it's really a test of can you observe safety regulations? Do you understand? Um, uh, do you understand regulation? And are you able to drive with? good perception around you so you can do it safely Yeah.
1: Um,
2: but the skills that really make you quick or really help you out when you're racing are all about uh, your bum dyno so you feeling what the car does and being able to respond appropriately to it because you can learn the fastest way around the track but a racer remembers is a great example you will never drive an entire lap on that line because there's other people there they're trying yeah. to that line as well or they're trying to get past you and all of the rest of it. So therefore you are gonna end up in places on the circuit that you don't know or like um, doing speeds, which may be inappropriate and, uh, and and in the dark. And at that point you can't train somebody that this is how you deal with oversteer or this is how you deal with understeer because you taught them a PowerPoint presentation. They've got mm-hmm. to have done it and they've had that muscle memory so that you just automatically and fluidly do it without thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, uh, and we're looking at how do we get back to how do we get back to doing stuff which isn't just online. How do you practically do it? So there's uh, a go karting program which is starting up that will go national very soon. And we'll start to get beneficiaries out because you can do social distancing. Um, yeah, of course. Get hygiene for a helmet and a and a balaclava, right? And get people out. And that just go karting can be absolutely brilliant, just for feeling mm. where the edge of grip is and and that immediate and instinctive response when it happens. Um and uh, and the other bits of the skid pad, um, so yeah. places like Thruxton, Porsche Experience Centre at Silverstone's got some incredible sort of tools there with the, the hills and things like that. So, and that process is actually is really good fun. Um, yeah, yeah, is is really cool. So, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to getting amongst that as well. And we've we've got some people who're sort of champing at the bit to kind of uh, to kind of get amongst it. So we've just got to work out how to fit it in in between now and November. Yeah. We. Mm covid and social distancing and all the rest of it in place and uh and we're, we're in business
1: yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to getting amongst it i can't wait
0: i yeah. really want it to happen i really do
1: yeah but um, um yeah especially right, so, there'll be gone no, i was go. gonna say there'll be some there'll be some embarrassing moments for me no doubt with on the build-up ah, they're the best bits
2: it's all absolutely part of it um it, it's fine i mean alex going when he came he raced a crv so we took a honda crv you know so the sort of thing that you've got queuing up to pick the kids up for school run
1: yeah.
2: uh off the line at, at um um swindon because we were celebrating getting our first blokes into into jobs with honda manufacturing and uh, turned it into a race car and then uh, and then put it out to go and race and then there's the highlight of alex's video it was getting it was first time racing for him, was the 15 laps that he did while we were signaling him to come into the pit. So it's just a succession of laps of him just with his death stare and the thing, just ignoring
1: an (laughs) increasing...
2: At the end of it, the whole pit wall was leaning across and screaming Alex at him, waving things, shining torches at him, (laughs) flops of jackets and all of the rest of it. And it just got more and more high-pitched before he eventually, I think, you know, uh, took a wrong turn and came into the pit. So we're like, thank you. <laughs> that, that, that's really brilliant. But it's it's ice. it's uh if you excuse the pun, it's a kind of a vehicle for recovery and it's it's Ooh. we we yeah. use <laughs> <laughs> You need a new word for that. <laughs>
1: I've just I've I've just remembered a reasonably funny story about to to do with cars. And it was on it was on the um the body, the evasive driving course I did. So we were up at some airfield in the Midlands and, um, these three guys that used to be, you know, ex racing car drivers that are very, they're handy, very handy behind the wheel. They've got some funny stories themselves, but you basically have about, I think there was about 30 bangers, like just old cars that they just buy cheaply from the old scrappies, get them to a point where they can run them. And then we just get to, you know, throw them all over this, airfield doing J turns, Y turns, you know, bust outs, all that sort of thing. Anyway, there's a there's a bit in it where you get to do like you do a bit of um pursuing and then fish tailings. So you like nudging the other car from behind it and spinning it out. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. me me and one of the lads had been would we'd been renowned for being a bit cocky on this evasive driving course. We got chucked into this old Volvo two forty, you know then boxy Volvo yeah. car. Oh mega yeah, yeah, and we were like caning, it and we'd been goading this other lad who was he was in the car to be fishtailed, and he was proper bricking it. And he was like, oh. and he's like, I can't even remember what he was in. It might have been something like a cavalier or something. He's driving along anyway. Literally, we get level, and we're just just at the point of before we fishtail, the bonnet of this two forty just goes <laughs> caught by the wind. We were doing about forty mile an hour, and we were like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> There was a like literally looking at each other because there was two of us in the car, like petrified, <laughs> utterly petrified. Uh, yeah,
0: yes. uh, I mean, right, we're gonna. Th- you've got to be gone by quite past. Oh
1: hour. yeah, shit! Yeah, I forgot the uh,
0: time. It's all right. No, I'm, I'm on top of it. I'm on top of my game. Um, Jim, yeah, anything good. else more about
2: Go on. Go on. Um, no, no, you please. Just real fast, just before we go. be Um, uh, James came and helps us. So we we run a. We had a bit of a bright idea. We pulled in a couple of mates, including a couple of people you'd know, so like Ross Upton um, came and did uh, <laughs> a bit of uh, a bit of entertaining stuff uh, with a with a, uh, a whole gaggle of blokes that we pulled in from across the country um, as a corporate entertainment piece. And we ended up with a load of very realistic M16 BB guns that could fire fully auto and stuff. Yeah. Bought a couple of old S-type jags. Which were just days. And then we're doing a bunch of different serials. And it was at Long Cross, which is uh, you know, used for for film backdrops and all the rest of it. Yeah. And I had a bunch of different stands, cool things like Ronin, um, Fury, you know, which is in the woods in four by fours and all the rest of it. And you're basically getting people to shoot balloons for moving vehicles and stuff like that.
1: Yeah.
2: One where they were doing that was high speed was really, really cool. And it was it was just fantastic. So we, we had this bunch of guys who came along who were, you know financiers out of the city, or actually I think they, they were sort of, you know, multinational from all over, they manage offshore funds of billions. One of the guys who was in charge of it, and I was sat, I took a spare seat and did a bit of video and was in the back of the car alongside him. And he was so excited. It was ridiculous. And this guy was phenomenal, ran this amazing organization, looked out huge sums of money, enormous amounts of responsibility but was just so overwhelmed by driving with another car alongside him and holding something that felt like a gun in his hand. When we arrived at the first target, he pointed the thing out of the window and hit the mag release and the magazine dropped into, uh, uh, as it turned out, the door pocket. He never found it, you know, so as it disappeared, he was <laughs> talking, ah!
1: Missed his it opportunity.
2: completely helpless. So I took the weapon off, and gave him another one, so all the rest of it, and he was just taking aim to fire again and basically did exactly the same thing again. Oh, stop it. So we gave him a pistol and roared off from that target, stopped, stopped at the next target. we are like, take out that thing. And, so, oh. and he held, put the pistol out of the window. And then, of course, the first thing he did was he dropped the magazine out of that as well. And then he's bending down to pick it up, kicked it under the seat in front of him. And he was utterly, he was just utterly in tatters at the end of it. But it's extraordinary, isn't it? When you can you could do sort of stuff like that when you've done all of the bits and pieces and it starts to become like second nature but yeah. when you drop somebody into it you don't realise actually just how challenging it is to do all of these things at the same
1: time blew away. I actually I, uh, thought that was, I, I thought that was Ross Upton you were talking about <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking he'll kill me he'll kill me <laughs> he,
0: is, he is an essence bloke is he, he he's don't say that
1: to him. <laughs> he's the the, the <laughs> vainest bloke I've ever met I mean, no. we, we used to call him rats instead of ross rats <laughs> rat, rat, oh. rats rats Scopton, not ross Upton.
0: wouldn't let him anywhere near my wife and all that jesus <laughs> right but um it's actually that story the thing is that's a nice story because it was you know it's in a relaxed environment i once got belted over the head on sunnybridge ranges by a sf instructor for dropping a bollock on the ranges and in his big, thick Welsh accent, come here, you, see you next Tuesday. You'd know his name if I told you. Like, mm. you have to do that again on my range. I'll kill you myself. And takes <laughs> his Gentex and wha, straight over the edge. Like, never, ever felt more mortified in my life. But I'll tell you what, sharpen up my range skills. Uh, right, brilliant. So, quick five questions. Corned beef hash or sausage and beans?
1: Sausage and beans.
0: Well done. Dartmoor, I reckon. Dartmoor. You would do. Mm. Ford or Ferrari.
1: Ooh. Ford.
0: Well done. Three out of three. So what's next for Jason Fox?
1: Um, just getting back into this. Well, Mission Motorsport, hopefully, Correct. race of remembrance. But then before that as well, it looks like filming is coming to life for the next. Um, installments of that tv show so we're looking at planning and how we can do that safely in the landscape that we've got available to us so it's it's a work in progress but it's moving now you know we've all been i mean everyone's been on hold haven't they but things are looking things are looking the, the light seems to be at the end of the tunnel
0: yeah you don't want to be upselling down volcanoes like aldo's
1: probably doing right now Oh <laughs> like, yeah, mate. I've got some fun. Uh, how did he be? I I actually asked him this. I was like, "How did you become the ex?" Like he's now the go-to volcano bloke. I'm like, you you don't know anything about volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> <you."> <laughs> he's got some very burnt boots. He's got some. He's got some burnt. He's got some oh, big burnt, so big burnt bollocks on him.
0: <laughs> you don't have to know much about a volcano. It's just, are you willing to go into a volcano? Yes. Yeah. You're now the volcano man. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mega happy days well um thank
2: you jim have you got anything else before we shoot no i uh, just yeah mate we're really looking forward to it thanks very much for 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 coming and mucking into it um it it's joyous a fuss always gets made around these things and and that will be brilliant for profile and stuff like that but actually i think the thing i'm most excited about is is getting you alongside some of our guys and girls um some of whom We already kind of know, and some of them. To be perfectly honest, I think we uh, will will meet over the course of the next couple of months. You know, as as the sort of charities work as we're able to get going again, and you start to find out actually where's the need, Mm. where people benefit from this, and and at its simplest level, it's a bit of a community thing. It's putting arms around people and giving them a bit of inspiration so that they come out at the end of it and go i'm i'm gonna go and set about the day this is the direction i'm gonna travel and i know that there's the support and all the rest of it available for me to do it and that that's that's that is the the underlying point of all of it and
1: and yeah
2: having you along on that it, it'll be amazing
1: May i appreciate it i'm looking forward to it
0: yeah it'll be mega. well thank you very much for uh coming on i know you're an incredibly busy bloke and um and in demand so yes it's very much appreciated uh, we're going to have to do another one of these because I feel like there's loads of stuff that we we could have chatted about and, and yeah. I think next time it'll probably be a... a we'll need to put an age certificate on it. Um, i don't know, <laughs> put it out after nine o'clock or something. Um, right, brilliant. Thank you very much. Go forth and uh, do your next interview or whatever it is that you you celebs do nowadays um, and we'll go and do some proper work.
1: Okay, um, awesome.
0: Bye <laughs> right, mate.
1: Cheers. Thanks very much. Cheers, yes. Catch up soon. Cheers.
0: Cheers, bye.